0: Thank you for tuning in to the City Light West Council Bluffs Sermon Podcast. We are a church that exists to multiply disciples and churches that is located in Council Bluffs, Iowa. If you want to learn more about our church, visit citylightwestcb.org or follow us on Facebook at City Light West Council Bluffs and Instagram at City Light West CB. Did did you guys? If you guys continue reading on in that Matthew chapter one, he was like, "I ain't reading the rest of those names." (laughs) We'll get into those in just a few minutes. But uh, my name is Chuck, and I do get the privilege of being one of the lead pastors here at City Light West CB. Uh, And if if you haven't noticed, there's there's a couple people missing, right? uh Kenan Bear, who's uh, uh, our our co lead pastor of this church, he's he's missing. He's watching online. I think he's checking, you know, talking with people uh, on Facebook Live. Sarah and Kevin and Jordan, all of them, they're home because they've either had COVID or have an exposure to COVID. So we told them to stay home. We want to continue to be able to gather here on Sundays, and so they uh, they stayed home. Hopefully, they'll be back uh, in due time. Um, Uh, So I get to be the first one to say Merry Christmas. (laughs) Huh? Has anybody had that, said that yet this year? That's my first time saying it. Usually I don't say Merry Christmas until somebody, somebody says it uh, to me and, um, Uh, that's just kind of the way I work. And, you know, around Thanksgiving, there are quite a few uh, celebrations, quite a few um, family traditions that we tend to have. So we would get together on uh, Thanksgiving and smoke a brisket or turkey, have 15, 20 people in the house and just have a great time, right? And then the day after Thanksgiving, um, all of our kids would go, we, we would go uh, over to like a local tree farm, usually Dappen, but they're closed this year because of COVID. So we're going to have to find another place to go. But we would go over to a local tree farm, pick out the perfect tree, and then cut it down, bring it home, and begin to uh, decorate it. And we'd dig out all of the um, all the all the, the ornaments and stuff that the kids have made all throughout the... You know their years at home, and uh, put them on the tree. All the while, a pot of Jen's chili is uh, is simmering on the uh, on the stove. And so, um, as we kind of end up that time of celebrating and, and decorating the tree, we would gather around the table and we would uh, talk about uh, what it is that Jesus is doing in our life. We would celebrate the fact that Jesus is working in our life. And we would uh, talk about, you know, what, what are we thankful for? Uh, so some of a lot of our family traditions uh, would, would you know, take place, you know, this time of year. But it's kind of all been messed up, hasn't it? <laughs> this year looked really different than what it did last year. So this year it was uh, Jen and I and Cole and Cheyenne and four ribeyes on the grill. So it was a different than a, than a home, you know, a house full of kids. And so we've had to adjust because of this pandemic that we've uh, that we're in. And just as, you know, my family's had to adjust, your family's had to adjust, our church has had to adjust as well a little bit. And so we're, uh, you know, last week we didn't have gatherings. We had to, had to pivot there for a minute, but we're hoping that as we continue to move forward, uh, th- this year and into next year that we'll continue to be able to meet. But I, uh, as we do that, let's just have some patience with one another, right? Uh, Uh, realize that some of our, some of the things we usually get to do, we we can't until we get this thing um, passed. So um, I hope that in these weeks to Christmas is that even with all the, the pandemic, everything that's been, that's going on, my hope is in these weeks leading up to Christmas is that we're reminded that through Jesus, we can find hope and joy and peace and love in a world that is, um, and in a culture that is driven by anxiety and fear and um, uh, doubt and uncertainty. Uh, Those things have gained a foothold. So our hope is that in these next few weeks, we get to talk about Jesus, who's the hope and joy and peace and love uh, that, we, that we celebrate this time of year. So, in these next few weeks leading up to Christmas, we're gonna be concentrating. We're gonna kind of leave our, um, our sermon series that we we're doing in Matthew. Uh, we're gonna leave that and we're just gonna talk about uh, the birth of Jesus. And this week, as Mike read for us, uh, we're in Matthew chapter one. We're gonna be covering one verse uh, this morning. Um, the Bible, it's, it's divided into two parts. Um, I think of it like two volumes. You have the, the, the Old Testament and the New Testament. And in the Old Testament, you have like 39, uh, 39 different books or 39 chapters. And in the New Testament, you have 27 different parts of it, 27 different chapters or 27 different books. And the, the Old Testament is written by guys like um, Moses and David and Jonah, and all these different people that maybe you've heard stories about. The New Testament, the first four books of the Bible, is written by uh, four guys who, who walked with Jesus. They knew Jesus uh, as he walked the face of this earth. and It's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You may have heard of those. Uh, they're called... And the reason we call them the Gospels is because they uh, tell the story that God saved sinners through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. They share the, the biography of Jesus. So they're the Gospels. They're the good news. And with all of those books and authors from the Old Testament to the New Testament, all the different characters like Moses and David and Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and Paul and all these different characters, it might be easy to to get a little lost in the magnitude of that story, right? When you think of the Bible, it might be easy to get lost in all of that. Um, but how many how many of you have ever been lost? All the guys are like, not me. Girls are like, yeah, you have. I think we've all been lost. I hate to admit it when I'm when I get lost. Um, but occasionally that happens. And um, the 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 the, the thing about getting lost is um, we've, we've, we've all been there and when we look at the story of the Bible what Jesus says, what God has done to ensure that we uh, don't that we haven't gotten lost is he wants us to have some clarity in this story. He wants us to have clarity in the story that God saves sinners through the life, death and resurrection and so that's the reason life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Man, I really need Ken in here. You know, when you see his face sitting there, you know, he just, he know, you know that he's there with you, and he gets a little nervous. Uh, it's telling um, uh, Eric this morning that uh, I'm not used to this solo pastor thing, and I kind of feel like I'm in this here, so you guys just pray with me, all right? Pray pray with me, pray for me as I uh, make it through this, um, this sermon. But, God cared so much uh, about the story of Jesus. He doesn't want us to get lost in the story, right? He doesn't want us to get lost in all these different characters, all these different parts of the Bible. Um, He wants us to know who Jesus is. And so that's why Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are in the Bible. Each of those guys wrote about who Jesus is with their own different perspective and their own different angle on how Jesus affected them. They wrote it down almost 2000 years ago and God has preserved this story so that today on November the 29th in the middle of a pandemic it would be clear to us who Jesus is and why Jesus came. Matthew brings us to Matthew 1:1. Matthew is clearly letting us know that Jesus is qualified to be the long-expected king that the Jewish people have been waiting on. He's clearly qualified to be that king. He's announcing that, hey, folks, when Jesus was born, he was indeed or is, is indeed a king. He, uh, when Jesus was born, a king is born. Jesus is the one that we've always hoped for. Jesus is the faithful king and he invites us in. So that's what we're going to cover today in two different spots. We're going to cover that Jesus is the faithful king, and he invites us in. So um, let's get started. Um, Matthew, he begins his biography of Jesus with a genealogy. Now a genealogy, is that part of the Bible? Anybody ever tried to read through the Bible in a year? And you get maybe into about, you know, Leviticus or maybe even into Genesis when it starts giving all those different genealogies. Um, and it just gets a little bit tiresome because you don't quite know how to pronounce those names. You don't even know what they, you know, who they are sometimes. And so um, Matthew, he begins this story of Jesus with a genealogy like that, Right. Matthew looked at this part of the story as a continuation of the story that he had heard since he was a kid. He had heard all those, like he knew the books of the law, and he began uh, telling the story of who Jesus is by reciting and writing down those those genealogies that he was so familiar with. And oddly enough, if you look at this genealogy in verse one, it says the son of. Ab-, it says Jesus, the genealogy of Jesus, the son of. David, the son of Abraham, and then right down not to the genealogy, it ends as well with, with Abraham and Jesus and and David. So this genealogy begins and it ends by acknowledging three people, Abraham, um, David and Jesus. And so Matthew, he begins by letting us know that Jesus, he's the son of David. Um, excuse me, uh, Jesus, he's in in direct line of the greatest king that the people of Israel had ever known. And Matthew's pointing that out. Um, David was the king that everybody, I mean, they, they loved David. Throughout history, he was the one that everybody pointed to. Everyone wanted David to you know wanted to be like David they wanted a king to return like David their hope was that one day when when the kingdom would be restored that it would be a king like David they were hoping that a king like David would come and uh, free them from the oppression that they're now experiencing under the Roman government so they were looking forward to a king like David this is based on a hope that was promised to them in 2nd Samuel chapter 7 look with me in verses 12 through 15 <clears throat> it says when your days are over and you rest with your fathers i will raise up your offspring to who will come who will come from your own body and i will establish his kingdom he is the one who will build a house for my name and i will establish the throne of his kingdom forever my love will never be taken away from him." So David was a king that was remembered for killing giants and defeating enemies. David was a worshiper, and he, he was described in the Bible as a man after God's own heart. Um, this is a man that people had heard about for, for generations. King David, he did concerts. He wrote poems. Uh, He fought battles. King David was a brilliant king and everyone looked forward to him. Everyone wanted a king like David, but King David wasn't a faithful king. He wasn't always faithful. In the midst of all of those successes that King David had, he was also the dude who arranged um, an adulterous relationship, bring for a woman to be brought to him and committed adultery with her. And then in order to to cover that that up, he orchestrated a way so that her husband was murdered. David wasn't always a faithful king. David, as great as he was, as great as he seemed, he ended up messing up. All of the people who loved him and served him were also disappointed by him. So let me ask you this. Have you ever been disappointed by a king in your life? Now, I, I know that's maybe a weird question because we live in a democracy, right? Uh, we don't really have a, a kingship. Uh, we, we have a, you know, a president and all those different types of things. But have you ever been disappointed by a king in your life? Maybe not necessarily a person, but something that you've made a king. Like Think about it like this. A king is anyone or anything you serve, who has power in your life, who you listen to and build your life around. Anyone that you, that, that you give power or anything that has power or, um, in your life, has influence, anything you serve. Um, and I, I think if we look at a king like that, then maybe we could say that we all have served or all serve some type of king, Right? So, like for me, my disappointing kings usually come in the form of, of jobs. Like, I've never had a problem getting a job or keeping a job. I've never had a problem of doing well at a job. Um, I've always been the guy that uh, that gets at a job entry level and I work my way up the ladder because I enjoy hard work. I enjoy challenges. But what happens sometimes is those uh, the the job becomes boring for me. <laughs> the job. Becomes a little bit uh, routine for me, and I get bored, and it tends to, uh, uh, there's no continuing challenge. But that's not the case with playing the church, is it? <laughs> Especially in the midst of a, uh, of a pandemic, there's nothing to get bored about. There's always a challenge that's facing you. Um, I mean, like, for instance, Kenan, trying to keep up with a guy who is half my age, I always have to remind him to put shoes on. Um, you know, he, he's completely opposite from me, but uh we, we love serving one another. But there there's always there's always a challenge. I'm having a little fun there, but there's always a challenge. And in, in the midst of planting a church, you have fundraising and you have um just general leadership stuff, you gathering people all you know all the time, telling people about what Jesus is doing. Um there's just a lot of challenge in, challenges in the in the midst of planting a church, but they're good challenges. So I'm thankful for uh, for for being a part of this. Um, there was a time when I when I was working for AT and T um, that I, I kind of got I kind of got bored with it with the job, and I was doing well. I was uh, working hard. Uh, I was probably uh, performing uh, outperforming most of my. Uh, peers in a, in a five-state region, and I qualified for the highest annual bonus that a manager uh, could qualify for. And so money wasn't the problem with, with this job, but I, I got bored, and I was, I was disappointed that this great job that paid well wasn't very challenging to me. So you know what I did is I, I quit that job, and I found another little king to serve. Little kings, jobs and accomplishment and performance— those were my little kings that I tried to serve. Does that make sense? You guys tracking with me? Those were the little things, the little kings that I tried to serve that became that disappointed me. They were the, the little Davids that I tried to serve. They promised a lot, but they never really did, uh, delivered. I eventually looked around and I found another little king that couldn't deliver. A job was never meant to deliver what I was looking for. I was looking to these jobs and these vocations to serve me and to provide me something that they were never meant to. And I think if we're honest, this is a safe place, right? I think if we're honest, we all serve lesser kings and we eventually realize that they don't serve us. They enslave us, and we get disappointed in them. We serve lesser kings like uh, comfort, uh, materialism, gluttony, laziness. We serve those kings, and we find out they really don't serve us well. They more or less enslave us. We serve kings like sexual fulfillment, or maybe the next tie, or the next drug, or the next drink. Those are the types of kings that we serve, and we find out that they don't really serve us. They enslave us. We serve kings like significance and influence, only to find out that, yeah, they're kings, all right, but they're the kind of kings that enslave us. They aren't faithful kings. They have no concern for our joy or for our peace. These kings, they don't show us love, and they don't give us hope. They leave us on the outside wondering how we can get more. These lesser kings that we serve, they never match up to the promises that they make. And in the end, they're like David. They seem great, but they aren't faithful. Now, what does that have to do with Matthew chapter 1, verse 1, with this Jesus and his genealogy? Right here at the very beginning, Matthew calls Jesus the son of David. All right? Now, here's what he's doing. He's telling all the readers of this genealogy, including you and me, that Jesus is the greater king. Jesus is better than King David. He's showing us, he's starting off by saying Jesus is a better king than King David. Jesus is the faithful king. He's more than you could imagine a perfect king to be. And we are going to spend eternity worshiping him. We're going to spend an eternity showing him that he is worth our worship. We will worship him for the million different ways that he shows us that he, could be, he is more than we could ever ask or imagine. Jesus is the faithful king. Now, my friend Ben, who's sitting right over here, you may have noticed him over here a little bit, you know. <laughs> little Alan's an active little kid. Um, but he will tell you, Ben will tell you that Jesus is the faithful king. You see, it, it wasn't too long ago that he would, um, that Ben would party with a little something in one hand and maybe a maybe a bottle in the in the other, and he would have little concern who he would hurt in the process. But Ben, served, but as Ben served the party king, he discovered that Jesus is faithful, right? You see, that king left him the king the party king left him alone and incarcerated and left. Ben wondering, how in the world did I ever get here? But Ben's life changed when he made Jesus his king. When he realized that Jesus is the faithful king, Ben's life changed. Ben is living in sobriety. He's leading others into sobriety. He's he's the local manager at the here's a manager at the local high V. Um, ben is enjoying his family. He serves here at City Light. He and Holly both do. See, Ben found that Jesus is the faithful king, and all those lesser kings he was serving didn't match up. They didn't fulfill. They didn't serve him. They actually enslaved him. He found a savior to believe in. He found a family to belong to, and he found a cause to live for. He found out that Jesus is different from the party king or the comfort king. Jesus is the faithful king amen? amen amen so Matthew continues by telling us that um, Jesus he's not only the son of David the faithful king he is the son of Abraham so let's look back at verse number one I know you may not remember it it's a pretty hard verse to uh, put away and tuck away into our mind but the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ the son of David the son of Abraham now this when when this son of Abraham uh, came off the pen of, of Matthew, this would have uh, caught the ear, this would have caught the eye of the average Jewish person because everyone knew who Abraham was. Abraham was He was like the local hero who made it big. Everybody understand and knew who Abraham was. And just like David, they heard stories about Abraham over and over and over as they grew up. As they were in school from from, uh, a toddler all the way up, they heard stories about who Abraham was. Um, He's the guy that everyone wanted to be like and everyone respected because of his incredible story. That's, That's who Abraham was. And Abraham was this guy that, but he began life as, a, as, a, as an outsider. He was this guy that began life as an outsider, but God invited him in. Um, there's an uh, in, in ax, um, which is kind of the history of the church. Uh, Stephen is preaching and as he is preaching he starts way back in the Old Testament and in Acts 7 4 he says that Abraham he's speaking about Abraham and he says that Abraham went out from the land of the Chaldeans so let's talk a little bit about Abraham he was a guy that God invited in and when you think about Chaldeans he came out from the land of the Chaldeans they were the Chaldeans were these people that um, they worshipped the stars. Um, they uh, kept track of the planets. They were people that, um, that worshipped the earth, moon, and star. That's where they looked to for their answers. That's uh, where they sought all of their answers. And they were like modern-day astrologers or palm readers. They were outsiders because they didn't worship the true God. They didn't worship the God of the Bible. They didn't worship Jehovah God. And that's where Abraham came from, Chaldea, the land of the Chaldeans. That's what Abraham was born into, all right? Abraham was an outsider. And in Genesis 12, we find out that God invited him in to be a part of his plan. Let's 1 through 3. So we we got the history of who Abraham was. He wasn't, his his people weren't always God people, all right? They weren't all all always worshipers of who, uh, of the true God. But let's find out what he did. Verse 1, now the Lord said to Abraham, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you I will curse and in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Abraham was an outsider that was chosen by God, and he promised to work through Abraham to bless the nations. All right? The Christmas story, it begins with Matthew telling us that Jesus is the one that fulfills that promise to Abraham. When God said, I'm going to bless you and your are your offspring is going to be as the stars in the sky. Ab- Jesus is the one that fulfills that promise to Abraham. But why does that matter to us? Because most of us in this room aren't Jewish. Most of us in this room probably don't even have a Jewish heritage. So why does that matter to us? Here's why it matters. The rest of the Gospel of Matthew, we start in verse 1, and we've been tracking through it for two years, and we found out that Jesus and Jesus himself, he's inviting people in. He calls people to himself, and he says, follow me. Most of these, in fact, all of these are Jewish people. He's still not stepped outside of that, right? All of these people are Jewish people. He invites people in. He heals the sick. He makes uh, lame people walk. He raises people from the dead. This is what Jesus is doing. He's continuing to invite people in. And then the uh, later on, we're, we're going to find out in chapters 27 and 28 of Matthew that the religious crowd were the ones who were responsible for setting up the crucifixion of Jesus. They, they put him through a mock trial. They crucified him on the cross. And then three days later, we find out in Matthew chapter 28 that he raised from the dead to prove that he was different than any person that ever walked the face of this earth, right? That's the story of Jesus, but it doesn't end there, does it? Matthew 28, Jesus is talking to his disciples just before he ascends to heaven, and he says, go and make disciples. All authority has been given to me. I'm commanding you, go and make disciples of what? huh? All nations. He says, go and make disciples of all nations. You see, Jesus is a faithful king, and he's telling us that he's inviting us in. Finally, later on down the line in the book of Acts, we find out where non-Jewish people finally get to hear about Jesus. Jesus wants all nations to come to know himself. And that's you and me. We may not be of Jewish heritage. We may not be, uh, have, have any Jewish blood in us, but we were on his mind when he told those people to go and make disciples. Jesus invites us in. Um, let me share with you a story. Uh, how many of you guys like the feeling of being an outsider? I hate the feeling of being an outsider. I want to be the guy that walks in the room and knows everyone. And uh, um, so I hate that feeling of being an outsider. And uh, but there there's this one time when I definitely felt like an outsider. Jen and I, we were celebrating our, uh, I think it was our fourth or fifth anniversary. I can't remember exactly which one it was. And um, we didn't have anything, like didn't have any money. We had some kids, but didn't have any money. And uh, my mom, she was a con- at the uh, Marriott hotel, and so occasionally, what would happen is there were some uh, restaurants in, in the Dayton area, Dayton, Ohio, is where I'm from, and they would um, give her like gift certificates, and they would say, uh, "Hey, come check the place out." And she, they were hoping that maybe they would, uh, she would tell some of the high rollers at Marriott, "Go check this place out, and I think you'll probably like it." Well, being my uh, being a, a, my mom's son, I. Got to have some benefits of that, right? She wouldn't always want to go out and eat, and so she would give some of those things to us. And on our fourth or fifth anniversary, I can't remember which one it was, we uh, she gave us these gifts, this gift certificate, unlimited, like there was no money amount on it, and uh, it was to this fancy French restaurant called Le Berge. And so we went to uh, Le Berge. You know, I had called up before, and they. it's a coat and tie. You have to have a coat and tie to go in there and probably a fancy dress. So I went and bought a coat and tie or a suit at a thrift shop, a uh, Goodwill store. And Jen, I think, borrowed a dress from my sister. And uh, we went to this restaurant and it was it was it was a lot of fun. We had we had a pretty good time. Uh, the food was was decent. It was in my opinion, wasn't anything great, but it was decent. The artistic expression that the food uh, was served with was absolutely incredible. The, I realized um, whenever we left that place that I was an outsider looking into, get, getting a glimpse of, of something I was, that was completely foreign to me. And it happened whenever we got there a little bit early um, to eat. And uh, we parked our 1989 Ford Taurus in the parking lot. And at that point, there was not very many cars in the parking lot because it was earlier in the evening. And so we um, we ate our dinner and came back out to find out that our 1989 Ford Taurus was parked between a Bentley and a Rolls Royce. It was at that moment that I'm like, I uh, think I'm in a world... And that I don't know about. I completely felt like an outsider uh, looking in, and so um, that's what it—that's what it felt like for me uh, to be a um, to be an, an outsider. It was then that I really realized that we were outsiders, getting a glimpse into a world that we knew nothing about. It was fun for a night, but we had no clue how to get on the inside of that world. That's what it felt like for me, but what does it look like to be invited in? So you guys know what it feels like to be an outsider. What does it feel like to be invited in? Well, maybe maybe this will help. Jen and I, we have three adult children. We have Brittany, who's 27, uh, and she lives in Lincoln. She works at City Light Church there in Lincoln. And then we have... Uh, Kyle and Haley, and uh, Kyle's a, uh, an electrician over at Kidwell Electric in Omaha, and uh, they go to Providence Church. And then we have uh, Cole and Cheyenne, and uh, Cole's part of our church, and uh, they've been—they're part of this uh, this church plan as well. And so uh, Jesus has been doing some things in our family. But Cole is married to uh, to Cheyenne, and Cheyenne, uh, she had a pretty rough time growing up. Like, there were periods in her life where uh, her family was homeless, and so she ended up in the uh, in the foster world. She ended up in the foster system, and after moving in and out of various foster homes, uh, Cheyenne was placed with a family and trainer. Um, the mom and dad of that family, Josh and Shelly, um, they loved Cheyenne through some really, really hard times. And... As they were talking uh, with one another, they felt that the right thing to do was to adopt Cheyenne, to like invite her in to their family. So they invited Cheyenne to be a part of their family, and Cheyenne accepted that invitation, and she became their daughter. It's a beautiful story. It's a beautiful picture of what we're talking about here this morning. They didn't want to just provide Cheyenne a warm place to sleep and food to eat and clothes on her back. They wanted her to be part of their family. They wanted Cheyenne to be their daughter. Cheyenne, who was once an outsider to that family, she was from a different place and a completely different family culture she was invited to be an insider, and she became part of Josh and Shelley's family. That, guys, that's the miracle of Christmas. As we look at these next few weeks, that's what Jesus has done for us. That's what Jesus came to do. Christmas isn't the time of year where we celebrate that Jesus just sent us an invitation to the party. We don't celebrate that he emailed us a link and we have to RSVP. He didn't send us a card in the mail with a picture of him saying, hey, be sure to uh, send me back with your, send me the amount, you know, the number of people that's coming back to the party. No, Jesus, Christmas reminds us that King Jesus invited us in by becoming one of us. King Jesus left his throne. He slept in a stable. He walked among us and he hand delivered an invitation to be a part of his family. Jesus became the king or Jesus the king he's the king among us and he died for us. Then by his own power he was raised from the dead and he um, to show that he was way different than any other person that walked the face of this earth. And City Light, that's why we celebrate this morning that's who we celebrate this morning jesus is the faithful king and rather than rather than um staying in heaven rather than just phoning it in jesus became one of us he suffered and died and bled he rose again and he invites us in to be part of his family And so this morning, I want to invite you to be a part of this family. It's as easy, you've heard me say it before, it's as easy as A, B, C. A, admit that you are a sinner. B, believe that what Jesus did on the cross, he did for you. And then C, uh, commit to following him for the rest of your life. Now, you may have done that. You may have already said, I trust Jesus. I'm part of this family. But let me ask you this. What are some of the lesser kings that you're serving? Jesus is the faithful king. What are some of the lesser kings that you are serving that, that you've realized um, at times that you're serving this king and you live with the shame and the guilt and the, um, the, the, just that shame and guilt of having made those bad decisions, of having followed those lesser kings? I want to invite you into this too. I want to invite you that Jesus, he died for those sins. Those sins are already covered. You're part of the family. And what does it look like for you to be invited in to follow him? It may look something like this. Get with a friend city, or maybe a city group leader. Talk with Jen or myself or somebody here. Just get with somebody and confess that you've served these lesser kings. Maybe it's comfort or significance. Maybe it's um, gratification. Maybe it's um, I, whatever it is. You guys know the lesser kings that you struggle with, right? Confess that you've served some of these lesser kings. And, and then we can, we can pray together. We can talk about it. We can talk about um, con, you know, that confession. Maybe you're tired of where this lesser king has taken you and how this king has enslaved you. We'll just confess that. Go to Jesus, and we can pray together. We'll help lay it down, and uh, maybe we can learn how to serve King Jesus together. Amen? All right, City Light, I love you guys, and I'm glad that we are able to gather here this morning. Um, we're going to, you guys can come on up. We're going to... Um, sing one last song we're not going to do communion this morning um, just a little bit hard to um, it's a little bit hard to social distance whenever we bring up you know put the elements up here so we're not going to do communion this morning but um, I think maybe Eric is going to play a little bit on the, on the guitar and um, before we start singing just take a moment and think about what Christ did for us Jesus is the faithful king, and he invites us in, and he did that because the only way he can invite us in is because he gave his life on the cross. He shed his blood on the cross, and he proved that he was different than any other person that walked the face of this planet when he rose from the dead. So this morning, the time that we would spend receiving communion, let's just take a minute And remember the blood that he shed. Remember his body that was broken for us. And let's celebrate that together. Let's remember that together. And then when it comes time to sing, I think we're going to sing How Great Thou Art. Let's sing it like we mean it. Amen? All right, let me pray for us. Father, we come to you and we just want to thank you for... Uh, being the faithful king you um, Jesus are so good um, you're faithful, you never messed up, you never disappoint. you are a good king and you're faithful. So father thank you for that Jesus thank you for your goodness and we ask that um, we're grateful that that you invited us into this family and father we pray Lord that um, that we would uh, just remember, Remember that. We Remember your faithfulness to us. Remember your invitation to us. And that uh, we worship you um, this morning with a, with a heart that's full because of, uh, of what you've done for us. Father, we love you. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you again for listening. This podcast is not intended to serve as a substitute for gathering with a local body of believers but as a resource that encourages and empowers you to follow Jesus as your heart is pointed towards the gospel. If you want to learn more about our church, visit citylightwestcb.org.